Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, by the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers, welcome to episode 29 of Radio Hot Lap, the internet podcast where you have a light-hearted look at the world of motorsport, cool and emerging technology and barbecues, and a few barbecue tips. And we've got another barbecue tip specialist here today, Jowie, John Hi. Howie. How you going viewers, nice to be back. It is good to see you, I haven't seen you since just before Formula One uh, in Melbourne, you had a, had a lot of fun, you thought you'd come back? Lovely weekend, enjoyed the time. Enjoyed doing the show, and I thought if you'd have me back, I'd come and talk some more See Barbie's that. BS and all things horsepower. Good work. And uh, joining us for the first time for a few weeks is our very own high-speed rally girl, Linda. How are you? <laughs> good, John. How are you? <laughs> good, thank you. Uh, good to see that your uh, your rallying uh, schedule's a lot more on time than you're arriving for a radio show. But we won't <laughs> go into that. <laughs> Can what, you say what that? What day is it? What day <laughs> is it, John? Two days after the last day you beat me. <laughs> exactly. It's the day of rest. I loved it. <laughs> so, what have we got on the books today? Well, actually, a couple of apologies. Um, yeah, as I said uh, last week, we did a show on the fly with, uh, with Jack. Um, and... Um, our trusty road guide, what was her name again? Can't remember. But uh, the navigation system. Oh, what did you end up calling her? Oh, I don't know, Mildred Nancy. or something. Yeah, I'll tell you. We, we went through the town of Nancy. There's <laughs> a job opening there for someone with a decent voice. <laughs> and also the male version. Why do we women have to listen to their silly female? You can change the accent though. Well, I, I had this Audi A6 last weekend that had the nav satellite system in it, so I'm actually I'm playing with it. I couldn't get anybody else other than that stupid woman that you had, Matt Merck. No, we had one in the States. I want the male version, please. When we stupid started it was... <laughs> she sounded... Turn right good. in 300 yards. Oh, no. We, Whoa, we, there. <laughs> we changed it to... Um, we called her Claire, the, the English one. Turn right in Claire. 300 yards. Yeah, I wonder what the Australian version sounds like. Yeah, yeah, go around the roundabout. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you. Stubby and her name's Raylene. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, dear. Let's you, move on. You Let's actually felt on. like they were. It was going to sort of go. It goes. Make a U-turn. You oh no, felt I like did do that. Like, I purposely did yeah, do that you in mind. I went the wrong listening. direction. <laughs> I did that. I went the wrong direction on purpose just to see if she'd freak out, and she freaked out. Mm. No, goes, they can't become intolerant. They, not a, the voice pattern doesn't change, but she does go. You have over, you have you see, gone past the turn. Please proceed to the next U-turn available. And next minute, it's replotted it, and it's saying, "Please turn," you know, like in my case, right, and then right again to do this U-turn. And I kept going and. Very and so I find that the whole system is really not very lifelike because where would you ever find a woman that wasn't intolerant? 
<laughs> in a Mercedes or an Audi. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my check. <laughs> All right, who's going to kick off with the activities of the afternoon? Well, I think the activities of the afternoon are what uh, are we drinking? Actually, before we, we've just sidetracked again, apologies from JP. He's very much wanting to uh, get involved with the show, but of course, duties down in uh, the lovely town of Adelaide has caused him to stay down there, and he will be flying off to England to bring dear old mum back on the very weekend uh, that the Le Mans 24 Hour is on. Might be able to be coming across, got a little bit of something to tell you about what's happening there mm. with our good old friend Alan Simonson. Mm. Um, and uh, yes, and Rusty Sausage also sends her apology, having a big rest after flying a thousand kilometres around a racetrack on the front of a car the other day. <laughs> <laughs> in another country. Yeah, and um, uh, Paulie Ryan, in that Paulie, has been saying that, but the Rusty Sausage has been shown all over the sports TV this networks through Europe. Oh, no. She'll be coming out with her clothing Here line shortly. we are the rest shortly. of Radio Hot Lap trying to boycott Rusty Sausage on the business cards, and now we've got a flying round. RustySausage.com website has had a tiny little upgrade this week with, with an email address that works, so you can chuck a bone to Rust at uh, Rust at RustySausage.com, and um, she'll probably uh, tell you when she's available for. She'll only reply if you're non-femur. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fact. You can see that, can't you, viewers? <laughs> Jowie, let's start with you, mate. Just playing right at what, what have you got to tell us, mate? Mate, um, been very quiet on the motor racing scene, uh, scene for me uh, in the last couple of months. A um, couple of track days happening on the bike, which is a lot of fun. The only thing that we mentioned earlier on was the amazing racing at Bathurst in the Aussie Racing Car Series uh, on the TV the other week. I was there, but I didn't see the TV, and I, I could hear the... the, the the commentators screaming their guts out, so it must have been pretty good. What did mate, you say, mate? They were getting pretty excited. I was getting pretty excited. Um, Neil Crompton, obviously, having a crack at it. Four wide through the into the chase. Um, looks like a lot of fun. Yes, he had a good weekend there. Um, I wasn't quite sure whether they all just let him have a bit of a go and get in there. He certainly hasn't lost any of his skills because he jumped in with Damien White in the, uh, in the um, IMB Ute after... Bo Seaton couldn't uh, touch the brake pedal, and uh, they uh, <laughs> end up having a good go. Ca- no, that was true. That's exactly what I happened. No, but that's the way you said it. All right, go on, move on. Had a good time there? Yep. So you think you want to have a go at an Aussie racing car? I'd love to have a crack at it, mate. Um, yeah. Get the motorbike engines, stay in the sole, sort of same theme. Just we were talking earlier about putting a turbocharged Hayabusa engine in one and seeing if it can't... Um, well, you were telling me about... Tell us about this Hayabusa. The, the the drag one, the 300 horsepower motorcycle. Hey, I'll put that. I Mate, the name. Um, I don't think you'd really want one in a bike, but it'd certainly be a lot of fun in a uh, in an Aussie racing car, that's for sure. You're sounding a bit flat today, Jester Mac. What's, what's about? No, I'm, getting, I'm getting wound up. Are you, ready, ready ready well, are, you, are you having a drink? What are you having to drink? Yeah, are you having, having a beer today or what? <laughs> Actually not. Beautiful bottle of Tamar Ridge uh, Pinot Gris. 2005 from Tasmania from Tasmania mm. what do you think I think it's very nice you like it and also we went to You've Garfish 
on at lunch on Friday down in Kirribilli, and it was a Pinot Grigio. I don't know what the difference between Gris and Grigio, but this is a little bit sweeter. That one is actually the one we had the um, on Other Friday. Day. What was that called? A Pinot Grigio. Yes, but what brand? Was it, that was a Tasmanian one as well, wasn't it? Yes, it was a Tasmanian one. They, they tend to be able to produce those those grapes down there, and um, I've got to go down there again to shoot a virtual reality scene at a little lodge, That's just nice. a little bit out there, um, and have a dirty weekend. <laughs> You're having the dirty weekend, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Kleenex. Or maybe he's cleaning, oh, literally, I doubt oh, it. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> low viewers. Oh, dear, John. Yeah, anyway, we still love you anyway. Country, uh, yeah. That's the problem. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Well, we've been on? waiting so bloody long for Linda. We've halfway through it. Yeah, well, what, what did you scooters. think about the lunch the other day we had? Look, at, at I'll be honest no. with you. The setting was lovely, except we couldn't sit right outside. We're at sort of a window table, which was kind of nice because we're out of the draft. Um... Yeah, the atmosphere was okay, but by God, the service was... They literally had something shoved up them. What did you think about the prawn and potato salad with brown butter sauce? Dish? Well, there was none, was there? Well... I mean, they had all these amazing um, meals, and like they had this little leaflet sort of flyer thing they stick on the table, and they say, well, these are the specials for the day, and they have like five or six different types of fish, and you can have them cooked in a different way, and then they have sort of different accompaniments with them, whether they be a sauce Garnish, or more like Oh, okay, it. well, garnish. Yeah, okay, garnish. Have you seen that but out on TV? they didn't have the garnishes. They said they'd printed on this specials of the day. Yeah, like it was up there. It said prawn no, and potato. No, all the day. Yeah, like, and prawn and potato salad with a brown butter sauce. Yeah. And the guy goes, we don't have any prawns. And I said, well, you better cross it off. And he goes, well, they'll be here in a minute. And this was what? This was, was like, half past was one no by this apology. stage. None whatsoever. And I mean, the peak of you know lunch starts at Garfish about 12 you. You've had your day. Well, look, I'll, I'll give it to them. The rest <laughs> of the food that we did end up having was very nice and I did enjoy it. Microscopic? Yeah, it, it is one of those restaurants where you get well, You know, what's the on TV that go, does this oh. annoy you? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where you get the tiny mouthful. In my case, it was kind of good, but I must admit, for me, I was hungry afterwards. And that's why I looked at the dessert menu, I won't blow this. But what really got me... But I only had a couple hundred dollars. No, besides the <laughs> money for the service, besides what it cost us, it was just the service. It was like we were intruding on their time. And I felt this previously. This is, I think, a byproduct of like that just neck of the woods down there. It feels very affluent. And as I used to live just around the corner there in, in, uh, in Kirribilli. Oh, not dropping any names. Well, I did used to <laughs> just next door to the PM. The, affluent, yeah. the affluent area. You remember the, the, the curly spaniel? No, one up the lift and one down the stairs. <laughs> Are you say affluent or affluent, Johnny? <laughs> it's a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bullshit going on but, today. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was one of those it meals. Had. It really was one of those meals where I think, you know, there were a lot of air kissing going on with the locals. Like it, was feel, it Basically, it felt like it was a private dining room for the Kirribilliites. Yeah, and if you had come in there, you had overstepped the mark and you know, walked only, into their territory, waiting for the dog to come out and eat a pee on your leg. Or but ironically, the only you. thing that saved the day was the two lovely sausage dogs oh, that God. were across the road. Viewers, <laughs> yes, I know, I'm a bit of a sausage dog lover, as you might have oh, guessed by now. God. But there, I looked in there and there was a lady walking up them, into... <laughs> walking up into Kirribilli with a sausage dog in a tracksuit. I went, she's not going shopping, so she's into town anyway. She's <laughs> gone to get a loaf of bread and she'll be coming back with a sausage. So sure enough, she yeah, went up she there did. and picked up a bloke with a black sausage and the two of them... <laughs> 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 
<laughs> driving back down the hill. This is John's theory. If he has a sausage yeah. dog, he'll pick up. No, I love sausage dogs no. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like John's hungry for sausage. So I went over and had a little bit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, let me tell John. you, I've had Jack Ellsgood hitting on me all week. Oh, a bloke with a black sausage. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what you said. <laughs> Anyway, I believe there's a bit of, been a bit of trouble in Australian rugby this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some other bloke with a black sausage got into trouble. Oh, dear, this is just, no, oh, no, no, come hell. on, let's, we're not getting anywhere, well, we are, but no, We are, we're, we're making a show, it's light-hearted yeah, motorsport okay. action with a bit of food <laughs> gossip. <laughs> anyway, what we're trying to say, I think, what, well, what I'm trying to say is Garfish. Pick your I'd act up it, and uh, give pick us your a act up and give, give us a call, or just everyone else forget it. Don't waste Look, your money. There's you, a lot of other places. If they rang you up, and like you said, you picked up a copy of, uh, of, of Travel and Leisure, yeah, your, your complimentary American Express magazine. Yeah. Hopefully they'll let me off my monthly bill because it's about no, twenty-five grand. No, they never grand. do. But I tell you what, we've got to work out where we're going for lunch. We later. are. That's this right. Very um, in here. You never. There's no more point, you know, even taking a free meal from these people because if they go and say, "Oh, look, we heard you had a bad time. You bagged us on your radio show, da da," mm. and you come, back, well, you know, it's bullshit because they're going to be just giving you the deluxe yeah, treatment. You if don't you want wa- that. Yeah, I go. Well, I don't want a free meal. I just want you to serve me properly when yeah. I'm an, w- yeah. when you don't know me. Well, that's the thing. Is you, because I it's, mean, a, it's it's like going checkbook racing, isn't it? Yeah. You can just spend money and go faster. And really, are you any good or not? Who knows, Johnny? Anyway. The other thing, like, you know how we're talking about moving on to travel and leisure magazines and everything else? I've just found in here, they've just done, this is the June issue, and they've done a um, thing on spas and resorts, and and I think Radio Hot Lab should go to one of these spas and just check them out and see if they really are the ants' pants of what these magazines say. And maybe we should do a show from the sauna or something. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, let's just, we'll come back to that, Linda, because I'm in charge here. That, that let's go back to that. Let's go, get on to a bit of motorsport. Come on, Jerry. Right. I want you to Enough tell me like how you're going with this GSX R1000 Superbike on these track days. How good are they? The bike, the track? The whole thing. Everything. Fantastic. Um, mate, as, as, as you know, I'm a bit of a closet racer uh, from a long time ago. And What does closet racing mean? Does that mean um, that you wear your racing clothes around the house? Well, I'll tell you a quick story. I did uh, go out and have a half a dozen schooners about six months ago, and I just bought myself a brand new one-piece um, leather suit for the track. The whole brand new Dionysi mm. knee sliders and back lumps and all that crap. And I got home about midnight, and the missus was out later than I was, and I decided in my piss state that I might try the thing on. And it's built so you can't really do anything other than sit on a motorcycle when it's on. So she gets home. And I'm lying on the lounge room floor, pissed, with the Dionysian suit on. <laughs> Can't this move. might turn her on as she walks through the door. Did she get sweating like a pedophile? Was she on your hump? Anyway, viewers, I digress. No, mate, it's going very well. No, got another track day booked in two weeks' time at Eastern Creek. Um, very much looking forward to it. Actually, thinking of Who changing. Who are you doing it with? Uh, Eastern Creek Ride Days is the company that I do the track days with and um, uh, California Superbike School which is aligned with the Keith Code Superbike School which some viewers may have heard of if they're into the bikes a lot of fun thinking of changing tyre brands and considering that very carefully as you might be aware um, tyres are the connection to the racetrack which makes sense so we're thinking of going to Michelin's off uh, off the Bridgestones, but we'll just we'll, we'll report next time I'm invited to uh, make a comment on the on the radio show. We'll um, give an update on how the Michelins went. 
but it's uh, it's all very good fun. What are, what are tyres for a superbike like that worth, mate? Uh, these ones we're talking um, road track tyres, and you're looking at about 350 for a rear and about 280 for a front. Hell, they uh, aren't cheap at all. They're, they're twice the price <laughs> of what you put on a, on an STI. Not, not cheap. What did you just chuck that uh, uh, tree, tree down there? I did yeah. not. Thank you very much. I don't do things like that. Well, that's a but, lot. But um, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of coin, but. Um, on the bike, the, the the beauty of cars is you can slide the things around a bit and um, and get past the point of uh, point of traction. Whereas on a bike, it's a little bit more tricky. Valentino Rossi, I'm sure, would disagree with me, but um, for for those punters like myself who want to keep it rubber side down most of the time, we're looking for a decent set of rubber. Uh, is the bike something that, or has your skill set got to the point where you can actually steer it on the throttle from the back wheel? Not quite at this stage. I can slide the back end, but I can't change the direction like you could if you were a confident in a car. Um, but we're getting to that point, and getting your knee on the deck and and keeping the balance is uh, it's it's all a process of of getting confident, as 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 you would know, Johnny. With dirt bikes, you get to a point where you're able to slide the thing and and be in pretty much complete control, and we're we're getting close to that point now. How do you feel that your earlier days on dirt bikes have helped you with your uh, superbike racing? It's it's a huge advantage. The the ability to to lose a front end or a rear end and not panic and grab hold of the thing is um, is is crucial to being able to to ride one of these things fast. And uh, as I said, if it, the the people that come off generally are you grab hold of a brake or you you try and steer out of a slide and it all goes pear shaped. And, and I think anyone who's done any sort of motor racing or gone fast on a track knows once it starts sliding, the best thing to do is kind of let it kind of, kind of go with it and it'll come back if you do the right stuff. Mate, great to hear you having a lot of fun there. And uh, how many other people you got uh, in the in the ride? Do you actually end up turning up and have a look a bit of a mock race towards the end? Or Yeah, they try and keep it pretty separate because um, we're all amateurs, to be honest, and, and there's, people get a bit excited and... Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine that at a racetrack, <laughs> a little bit of blood rush. Oh, yeah, oh, like you know anything exactly. about that, Linda? No, excited at all, no. A couple of the boys have tipped it down. Turn one of Eastern Creek, for any of the viewers that aren't aware, is a fairly fast turn. I think it's probably the second fastest turn in Australian um, on an Australian racetrack. And um, a couple of the boys got a bit excited there last week and um, tipped the bike through the kitty litter at about 220 k's an hour, which Ooh. wasn't much left Ooh. of the, the bike. <laughs> no, of the bike. He was all right, thankfully. I think he broke a few small bones, which is never oh, much fun, but he was... Um, do they break things pretty well? I mean, like, what do these things cost when you when you when you drop them on the road? Well, you are you up for five grand before you even think about it? No, you tip one of these over, which has got all the street stuff on it with lights and blinkers and stuff, and basically it's a complete write-off. Oh. Um, is that right? That's twenty grand down the tubes. What well, do, do, do the frames bend? Because they're aluminium, aren't they? These days, and they're very hard uh, to repair, but they're usually very. A lot of magnesium parts on them, um, engine cases, clutch covers. Uh, some of the swing arms these days on the more exotic bikes are magnesium. So that's to keep the lightweight. Lightweight. But you're not going to get as much strength. They just tend that's to right. break really easy, do mm. they? You, the, 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 the main thing is the fairings, and you, you tip a fairing off it, and uh, before you even start, you're looking about five grand just for parts, then you're looking at labour, um, and you grind through an engine casing, which is a fairly common occurrence. There's another couple of grand in bits and pieces there. So Ooh. there's... Um, the main the main goal longer term is to uh, is to get it set up as a track bike. You put um, uh, fiberglass fairings on the thing, and you can actually slide it down the road and get away for less than a thousand bucks. So it's not fun, but it's much less than 
as bad as it could be. Mm, so imagine that. But that putting the fiberglass on, I mean, as opposed to what what would normally be on there other than fiberglass. Uh, it's it's cast plastic. Uh, the issue is their OEM or their manufacturer supplied products, and as as with computers, uh, you know, <laughs> they don't make their money out of selling no, the original that. box. They make the money out of selling the parts after some of the breaks. There are some very interesting new bikes coming out on the market, and I suppose a lot of them seem to be like naked bikes. And do you think maybe that's the answer? If you don't have a fairing that you can you can throw away uh, that you need to or replace rather, because I remember from the very early days of full fully closed bikes like the RZ500 and the, um, uh, the uh, what was it, the uh, RG500, the two-strokes 20 years ago? RGV250. Yeah, yeah RG, those sorts yep. of things. It was always very, very expensive. And now there's this wonderful new bike I've just been seeing from Yamaha, the yep. MT01, 1670cc. <laughs> Only a lazy 66 kilowatt. But uh, That's a 150 <laughs> newton metres of stump pulling power. That's the V-twin viewers, by the way. That's 1700cc V-twin. Uh, How fast can you honestly go? It's a, it? Well, it's a, not very fast. It's like an Audi. It's just got a flat torque curve, oh. and, and it's a kickstart. Oh. <laughs> what? No. Well, it's a good no. way of getting into state. <laughs> oh, you're joking, aren't you? Yeah. yeah no, big, big push toward the naked, Johnny. <laughs> Everyone's uh, everyone's <laughs> jumping on that. The new racing series, actually called Forgotten Era, um, is starting up now, which is bikes from I think 1982 to 1987. Someone will correct me on that, but basically it's the um, the earliest of the early superbikes, the late 70s, early 80s, um, which is a lot of fun. People getting on that budget kind of racing, which is good. As you said, no fairings, so uh, things can uh, you can slide th- something down the road and hopefully not sort of ruin the bank manager's day. But wouldn't the fairing? I mean, in some cases, especially if it's not a high speed, because not I mean, yes, most of the accidents are high speed, but you get occasionally where there's some that are slow speed. Wouldn't the fairings actually help protect doing more damage? You're absolutely right in the slow speed stuff. In the the the, uh, the fairings are designed to protect. Um, the the engine and the frame, mm. but the issue comes, especially when you slide it into the kitty litter. The fairing actually tends to collect the kitty litter on the way through, yeah, so and it's tears hold it off. It all in. Yeah. So it's. Um, but then again, that may, in re- in some respects, save the rest of the bike, which is the integral parts, which is the engine, the carburetor, and everything else. Big things, big things of the frame. As soon as you bend a frame, basically it's start Throw again. Away. Yeah. yeah. Um, which well, is I mean, you wouldn't want to risk it on that. No. Jesus, oh my Johnny. God! And I thought we were going out for lunch. No, no. Johnny's, Johnny's just wow. um, turned up with a rocket and parmesan salad with a few uh, cherry tomatoes mixed in. Yeah. And yeah. some um, cucumber and pickle. Sliced cucumber with some soy sauce on it. There might be a bit of chicken coming out in the tick. And the thing is, is we actually do have the most amazing setting for this because we're right on the water. What? It's um. Well, actually, we're in. Theoretically. What's the river down here? This boat. I know, I've stayed down here on a boat, it's beautiful. It's middle harbour. That's it, middle harbour. I'm looking at it, all these amazing boats now eating with my mouth. We're actually in one Carson thing I've said you're not allowed to do. <laughs> oh. oh, viewers, we got her. There we are now, a bit of rocket and parmesan oh. and a bit of chicken there, I'm dirty old... I've got that big serve about you and JP eating with your mouth full, but the thing is, it's just that you, you would, job. Is there any other way to eat? No, but what they were doing, which is what I've just done, which is really rude, is they were literally stop talking. Like, here they are doing a show. They stop talking and they'd eat. And all you could hear was munch, 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 munch. munch, munch. Crunch. And you'd hear this for a good, say, seven, ten seconds, which is a long time. Well, just rearrange some of this stuff over here. Oh, 
Oh, yum! I'm hungry. Well, that's only my lunch. So we'll be picking. We're not getting plates or anything. Yeah, we're going to do plates in a sec. But I just brought it out so we can show the viewers what we've actually got. Yeah, that's right. We'll go and get another bottle of Pinot Grizzly out of the fridge. My mouth is salivating. <laughs> Just so you know, viewers, we're actually in Castle Cove uh, in, in Sydney. I can't um, it, this is called. I thought it was Rosal. It is. Well, we're number five, and it's number one is we've the taken first. over the border house. Is actually, the border is actually three houses away. <laughs> so along. you do realise that we're saying we're at number five. We've five. taken over this house that none of us own. <laughs> yes, I, I believe the, the owners have gone to Turkey. <laughs> The front door was open. No one's been around except for this poor dog. We've got off effort. Let's just all move in here. We've got great water views. And uh, it has a gr- it is it is a really nice spot here. Um, and uh, yes, we're going to go the water. There is a there is um, a, a bit of a story about this backyard because it's always full of uh, really interesting creatures. In the summer, water dragons, big long water dragons. I thought are you here. were talking and about the dog mementos. No, the dog mementos. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's a very happy dog called Eddie with big ears, like the flying nun under our table. It's amazing, we can't do a show without a dog. I guess you guys are plate them in there. No, we don't need plate. Joey and I are letting John talk with hoeing into yeah, ho, chicken ho, ho, with baby. our ho, fingers no like. Hoeing. We're eating Indian, but uh, we're so not. So they've got, uh, yeah, the, the water dragons and the sulphur-crested cockatoos will come in screeching in the afternoon. There's always, there's usually a, uh, a laughing kookaburra hanging on the tree there. And, and seriously, one day I stood here, and there's a compost heap down under those stairs. Mm. Um, that's what I read in the, the notes from the view of the, the, the guy who owns the place before he left. Um, <laughs> and an echidna nipped before out and walked across. Oh. And an echidna, this is like a haven, this backyard. I don't know why, but echidnas to me... Do you know how some people say, like, four-leaf clovers are lucky and you see a penny pick it up? For some reason, I've always had this thing of if you see an You're echidna and it walks in front of you... Get out. It's a good luck charm. So, yeah, I don't. That's just me though. There's absolutely no correlation to that with anybody else in the world. I don't think. Mm. Never know. But anyway, that's my thing. The kidneys. All right. Are we going to move on to actually some other? Mm. I mean, not that we're saying Joey that was boring. That was actually God really interesting. Doctor, we should talk about moderation. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, ha- I think we've got a few things that we should cover. What else? What's next on the agenda? You reckon we should yabba dabba do about? Oh. I'll tell you, just settle we down had, on that food because we're going to get some plates there. We had an, some emails, didn't we? Because people upset with us. Oh, no. Well, no, they were, like, we already gave the, the, the guys in Tristan from Silverson. Hello, mate. Thanks for your email the other day. I hear the doors open. And, um, should do a show from their place. Yeah, should doors open. I don't know when we're over there, though. They said they had a Weber. He does. Maybe well, he's an Aussie. Are you an Aussie, Tristan? Email us and let us know. Email us and let us know. That's right. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, mate, uh, there was a bit of an accident over in Western Australia in the rally. Oh, yes, yesterday. Tell us about that. Oh, really gnarly, gnarly. Poor old Kevin Shaw. Kevin Shaw and John Allen, and John Allen is a lovely man that I'm a friend with, um, who co-drives some amazing people in um, Tarnak Rallying as well as Gravel. Anyway, unfortunately, he and Kevin um, had a very high-speed accident yesterday in their Group A Mitsubishi Lancer, their Evo 6 and it's burnt to the ground. Oh, really? Now, which is quite a rare occurrence, really, nowadays in motorsport when everyone has onboard fire extinguishers and there's marshals and et cetera, et cetera. However, I do not honestly know whether they had an onboard, and even if they did, I doubt it would have helped them in this case because what's happened is they've actually gone off on one of the stages yesterday in the Australian Rally Championship round over in um, Busselton and Bunbury. Busselton, yeah, in Perth and Nanup area. Um, <coughs> yep, gone off the road and rolled it. And as they were rolling, the rear of the car, the boot area, hit the ground in the roll, 
it's actually snapped or broken one of the fuel lines which has been enough to let fuel out naturally I would guess I hate assuming but I would guess that it's caught onto the exhaust pipe or something really hot and exploded they've gotten out of the car in time thankfully they're both fine with no in serious injuries at all but the car has literally burnt to the ground in front of them I mean oh how would you be how would you be? I mean yes number one your first fact your first fear is your, your co-driver and driver safety and vice versa but then to stand there and watch your car which I know with Kevin is his pride and joy and he has spent a lot of time working on it and he was beautifully prepared to literally stand there and watch it burn to the ground and not be able to do anything because you're out in the middle of nowhere land. Do we know where the next round is? Um, <coughs> the next round I think is Queensland and I think he's got a few weeks to get it fixed. If Well this car I don't think he'll be able to fix. I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, but it's literally charred to the ground, you know, like there is nothing left. Um, so I can't even salvage the roll cage out of the thing, probably burnt. Well, I think it, it gets to the point, depends on how badly it's burnt, but they're saying it was charred. It was literally charred remains, and this is what the press releases went out as well. So, I mean, if it's charred remains, I don't think you'd be able to salvage anything out of it. I don't know. On but a good note, there was, was a couple sad, of ribeyes in the boot, and they're just done nicely. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're actually well done. So, so that was very sad for Kevin and John, but the upside of it is I'm both, you know, like we're all happy that they're okay, and it goes to show that their safety gear with this amazing barrel roll they did to save them again. Um, on an, uh, another note, talking about the Australian Rally Championship, which is actually being run at the moment and should be finished in a couple of hours. So by the time you guys download this, you'll be able to look up the final results and just go to rally.com.au and click on the Quit Forest Rally from over in Perth and you'll get all the details. Um, but yeah, it was a very interesting day yesterday. Um, Simon Evans and Neil Bates have dominated the um, event this weekend in their Toyotas. And I noticed reading the ARCOM um, minutes, which you can actually have a read. Anybody in the world can read the ARCOM minutes and any of the minutes that go through cans. They put them up on their website. You just go to cams.com.au and have a stick around for what interesting things in the motorsport side you're interested in Australia. And they'll, you can read it. It's no more the closed shop as it used to be years ago where you'd never know what they were talking about. But they actually allowed new variant options for Toyota. And considering that this car, this Corolla, is actually a total hybrid and that Corolla, Toyota do not actually produce this car and manufacture but they've been allowed in Australia to do all these modifications to help them compete against Subarus and the Mitsubishis. So just explain <coughs> to me that hybrid. It's a hybrid between a WRC car and a Group N car? Or? Well, it's kind of, yeah, I wouldn't even say that. It's just that Toyota don't make a production car that is four-wheel drive turbo on the Corolla. Ah, okay. So it's not a homologated... No, um, not at all. No. Um, and there's been a special allowance to cr create this group called Group NP, um, which has... Um, CANS in Australia and, and um, ARCOM have said yes you can do this to allow manufacturers yeah, and yep. keep them because otherwise we're going to lose them and Ford have done exactly the same thing with the Focus. Now why I don't know well, because why, Ford ran a WRC car as a Focus and they still do um, and they do actually have a Ford Focus that's um, saleable in the UK you know, as a turbo, turbo. Yeah, turbo model. So why Australia's not allowed to have it is one of Australia's amazing, stupid rules as usual. So, yeah, the government's turned around and said, no, you can't have those. No, no. So Ford have had to do the same option of what Toyota done. Anyway, so 
Neil, Simon, Simon Evans and Neil Bates have dominated so far this weekend, which is just a credit to the team. They've changed their name from Toyota or Team Toyota Australia or Toyota Team Australia, whatever it is. Now, and they've gone back to the traditional Toyota Racing Development or TDR, as many people would know. So anyway, they've gone through that. Um, so they're leading the event. Then we have Simon, uh, Dean Herridge in the Subaru, who finished the day yesterday in third and Darren Winters fourth and the sad thing about my sort of partner in crime Scott Petter in the Mitsubishi Lancer from Team Mitsubishi Rally Art um, had a very high speed crash yesterday, rolled off, went um, quite a fair way off the road and unfortunately they actually had to wait till the end of competition yesterday afternoon before they could get the car out which meant the boys had to do a total all-nighter to fix the car but I believe that they did do that and they're back on their way today so, well done boys, I know how hard it's been for you and um, great effort and touch wood, let's hope Scotty gets it to the end today. And yeah, so that's a little quick, very quick wrap up on um, ARC. The other interesting thing that we have is our previous guest on the show, Darm Oscar, who we love having on the show, has actually done a very good job at getting Zhu Lang, who he co-drives for and is the current Chinese rally champion, who... Um, Dale is now co-driving for in the Chinese Rally Championship this year. He, Zulang has actually purchased a car from Les Walton Rally in Tasmania and Evolution 8 and they are running the um, ARC Championship this weekend for the first time which is an amazing effort to have an international come in from somewhere like China which 10 years ago you would never have heard of and gone, yeah, get a grip. But um, no, it's happening and Zulang and Dale have actually finished fifth yesterday in the afternoon so that is just a fabulous effort. Um, great credit to Les Walton Rowling for preparing them a very, you know, a great Evo 8 in a very short distance of time. And the boys getting it there and we wish um, Zulang all the best of luck and welcome to Australia and uh, we hope we keep you seeing Rowling here and bring some of your mates. There you can hear the squeezing of the soccer crested cockatoos coming through the bay. Ooh, in the moment we'll come back after we've got a uh, box bottle of, uh, another bottle of Pino Grizzly out and uh, Linda can tell us all about, look at them all. Linda can tell us all about how it all the wash up was first hand from Target Tasmania and your next debut uh, at Lake Mountain next weekend. Back in a minute. Well Linda, before yep. you tell us about your mm. Oh go on. Mm, okay. You don't you want to go talk on. about it? No, I do want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. <coughs> Let me tell you that uh, there's been a bit of a, um, a bit of a kerfuffle this week. Oh, what's happened? Channel 10's lost the rights to V8 supercars. Oh, I knew that. Which means that Channel Grant Daniel will be the host. <laughs> Channel 7's got it. <laughs> Channel 7's got it. Wow. So there's no loyalty anywhere, is there? No. Jesus, that's right. They, they actually got the series back on the map, and then, mm. what, seven, eight years later, it's turned back around. Well, it's longer than that now, isn't it? But anyway, yeah. I've got to say, I remember those days with Mike Raymond <laughs> commentating <laughs> back there. Uh, and ironically, that was, that was yeah. the Get best. your backside tracks on. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he still says that. But the irony there. of it was that Neil's on Wheels Crompton was Channel at 7. Channel 7 right. with his, uh, at Amaru with his red jacket. I remember being there at race meetings with and him. And now he's there. at 10. So, but think about all the talent at 10 that's suddenly not going to be leaving 10. They're, oh. either, they're either under contract or they'll be moving there or they'll be getting yeah, line in their path. There'll be a few shifting at the end of the year. Yeah, you'd think they'd have to move, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. But does 10 have it for the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Apparently it's also, like, they've got certain coverage, but it's still dependent on the AFL as well. AFL and NRL. You know, I think it's a good thing, and only for the fact well, that it's an indication really that motor, job, motor racing is sort of Look, resurgent. Scott Young and David White have to be congratulated. They had the foresight into this. They um, are motorsport guru freaks. They actually compete themselves, so they do know something. Um, and they were the ones that really pushed hard to have 10, have as much motorsport as possible. So there we go. John, what's going on with the... Eddie, will you get the out? Dog. The dog. Go away. Sit down. The dog's trying to eat the leftovers of what is oh, it's left. Like I'm being drilled by the dog. Just looking, and it's just had a bone spew down there early in the day. <laughs> oh, please. But it's got to eat that up. Yeah, but you didn't have to say that while we're eating. We want to Eddie, Eddie, I'll tell you, I'll put you out. Oh, you have got to be tough on dogs. Oh, yeah. See, Russ is so it. not like this. Russ never hangs around when you're doing oh, food. Oh, crap. Russ sits on the damn chair next to us at cafes. Yeah, but she doesn't want anything to eat. No, she turned up the smoked salmon, the scrambled eggs and smoked salmon the other she morning. She just wanted to be part of the family. Mm. She does that, but and she's, she's a good lure because if you take her out walking, which I've done by myself, not only in your case you get the girls. It's amazing the amount of guys that actually want to stop and talk to you as well, which I didn't say no to. But moving right yeah, along, yeah, those guys moving right along. Then again, that's what made me turn. It's like any guy that really got off on seeing a sausage dog, and you know, like I thought, hang on, mate, real men like dogs you can wrestle. Mm. Oh, John, I didn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop talking with your mouth full? <laughs> <laughs> oh, JP, she's bad, she's fired. <laughs> Come on, to sleep in now. <laughs> tell us about the wrap-up with Targa oh, and um, how you didn't get paid. Oh. <laughs> what was the deal? It was a little bit unclear to me until the other day. Oh, we're not talking about that. Anyway, oh, you don't get paid. John. Okay, we won't bring that up. No. Um, Targa Tasmania, what an amazing endurance event as people sometimes forget. Even though we didn't forget it was an endurance event. First time in the 15-year history of Target Tasmania, it was that warm. I couldn't believe it. I mean, normally you go down to Targa and you get dressed with the winter woolies and you take the long johns down, you take the scarves, the beanies, the gloves, the 25 layers to get out of the car, you don't get out of the car, whatever. This year, standing on the beach, as I think we had a talk about in one episode that we were having a barbecue and yeah very beautiful day I mean we work on the ambient temperatures of Targa with the road temperature and you know the ambient temperature more so the road temperature being around 12 13 degrees throughout the whole event and that's an average this event on one day we had 28 degrees now what that happened what ended up happening with that we all went through tires we'd actually gone for a medium compound tire which we've done previously and they just couldn't survive and we weren't the only ones. So we got to the end of day four of Targa um, and we literally came into the end of the day on steel belts in the front of the tyres. They were just gone, absolutely gone. And unfortunately in Targa you're not allowed to change tyres. Well, you can't change them, but you get penalised. Two minutes a tyre, I understand, That's with right. a total of two tyres only. Well, no, you can change as many as you like, but as many as you keep going... Oh, is that right? Yeah, you're up for two minutes each time. And that's regardless of whether you run over a nail and get a flat or Well, what's or the whatever. story about Steve Glennie having three tyres to change <coughs> and someone offering him the third tyre for $1,000? Well, what happened there was we got to day five, which is um, the hard, one of the hardest days. The rally, as far as I go doesn't really start until lunchtime day four and that's when you get your really long stages where you're really working the car you know your brake temperatures get up your brakes are really coming in smoking 
um, your tyres are really, by the end of 37-40Ks, are just sort of like squirming and everything else. And it is, it's a very hard task from there on in. Um, so naturally, uh, Saturday night, which was the end of day four, the tyre scrutineers, which they have down there, were going around literally taking measurements of the tyres. And that's where we, well, I went and told them I had to have two, but that's when they started looking at everybody else's. And there was quite a few of us, including Dean Herridge from Subaru, that had to put two on. Um, and so they that's a four-minute penalty. That's right, four minutes straight up, whether you like it or not, because you have to have what they classify as road legal tyres, and the minimum road depth is two millimetres. So if you don't have two millimetres of tread, you can't run on the car. You can't run the car, that's it. You've got to put new tyres on. Steve Glennie got to lunchtime, day five, which was down in Queenstown, and again, that is the last time they'll check your tyres, because after that you've basically got the rest of the stage, you finish the event. We were fine because we were to change to. We were pretty conservative because were we thought... Were you told to change tyres? Well, we were told, but I went up and told them at the end of the day because there's no way we could have gone out on steel belts. And I'm not joking, yeah. I'm not exaggerating. So in other words, then they weren't checking all the cars because... Well, they would have come them. along and checked ours, but as soon as we got in, me being who I am and just basically wanted to get everything organised so that the team could go to bed, um, went and got the tyre scrutinies and said, guys, I'm putting two tyres on. And they actually... Thought I was joking and said, Linda, you don't need to put two tyres on. And I said, guys, I do. And they said, all right, we'll go have a look. And as soon as they saw them, they said, all right, you changed two tyres. And they gave me a lolly for my being so honest. How nice. A lolly. A lolly. I got a lolly per tyre. And I kept saying, I don't want lollies. (laughs) I want to get paid. (laughs) I want that and I want to do well and I want to win because, you know. So, Linda, that it So, anyway, Steve Glennie, as we're getting on to, got to lunch. Only had two spares and was told to change three tyres. So, and he was coming second at that stage. So that was a real blow to him. That put him back down the order, but he didn't have a third spare. So because he didn't have, you know, like four legal road tyres in the car, he had to put the car in the back of a truck and take it home. That but was his rally over. Why? Because he couldn't... Did someone offer him a tyre? Apparently. Was true, the rumour is, apparently, yes, someone else did offer him a wheel um, that could have fit had gone straight on his car and a tyre and had the tyre changing facilities and everything down there for $1,000. And I think Steve just turned around and thought, well, what's the point? I've taken a four-minute penalty. I'm not going to get on the podium, you know, cut my losses and go home, which was probably a smart move in one respect and a very disappointing, heart-wrenching move in another respect. In our respect, it, it really got to me, and I was very quiet at the end of the event. Even though we finished, we brought the car home with it, not a single scratch on it, which is a credit to Warwick and the conditions that we did end up getting on the end of the um, day five. We um, ended up sixth um, outright, which was a pretty credible result, considering we took a four-minute penalty. But if you take our four-minute penalty off, we actually came second outright. So that hurt! I know, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, but if, 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 if. So but that's it, I, what if? The question I have to ask you is, why didn't you put tyres on a couple of days earlier, considering the fact that then you would have been able to even them out, that they suddenly go well, back in the last mm, day? Well, they did. They went. They actually went off after... Um, <laughs> he's talking about flat-spotting tyres. <laughs> yes, tyres were flat-spot on the car at Simmons Plane, so we won't go into that. But that, I'm sure that didn't help, but that wouldn't have still done as much as what we did to the tyres with the road temperature. It was just too hot and I was praying every day for rain. If we got rain, um, we would have got through for sure. We wouldn't have gone and used the tread depth that we did, but we did. We didn't get the rain, we didn't get any wet conditions for the whole event except for the last five kilometres of Mount Arrowsmith, the longest uh, stage in the rally at 47 kilometres, and the last five k's was um, wet, and Taralea, the last real racing stage of the whole event. So. You know, it was just unlucky, 
um, it was a great lesson learnt for all of us that have done it so many times and been in our comfort zone of going, we're guaranteed pretty cold temperatures and at least part wet. We didn't get that at all. So, <laughs> Joey, so delicate there with his. What about that? What about the Tamar River stage? I reckon that's oh, yeah, that's worth a second lap. <laughs> With the, the Pinot Gris. River stage with the Pinot Gris. That's definitely worth a second of K. <laughs> oh, you choked, viewers. <laughs> anyway, so that was my Tiger wrap-up. It was very sad. So the event was won again, and deservedly so by Jim Richards and Barry Oliver and their GT2 Porsche, which they opted to drive the two-wheel drive car, not the four-wheel drive, and it's paid dividends. Moving right along. Um, Next weekend, you've been queen again. I don't know if I'm that... And car one, that's pretty cool. I don't know if I like it though. Car one, yeah, that's all right. But it's reverse but order, it's, so it's okay. I get but it's a new event. Sleeping. Tell us about Lake Mountain, another wonderful event that Peter, um, Peter, Peter Washington, Peter Washington uh, Porsche Mount Fuller Sprint, the man is organising. In fact, we actually ran the logos on the front of the JWR Cooper's Hot Lap Sausage Dog Racer at Spa last weekend. Give the uh, give the people a bit of um, encouragement. Uh, the boss of Porsche Motorsport Europe was pretty interested in that and said he'd pass on a few. Um, what? Discussions and conniptions to his his, 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 his fellow his, his, Ooh, his, his fellow Austrian um, friends with the beagle-headed headdress. <laughs> what are they called? Those beanies with the earmuff things that wrap around. I don't know. Muffs. 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 <laughs> muffy muffy. Yes, I'm off. Mm. I'm off to Victoria next weekend into the snow. So I'm calling this my Monte Carlo. Oh, it will rally. be snowy down there, won't it? Well, it will be, and I've had reports for the last two weeks, um, pretty much every second day from Peter Washington and Tim McNally, the organisers, as well as other people competing in the Good event. Good old woof woof, Timmy. They've gone down and they've had a look at the um, Lake Mountain stage, and it's been snowing. And Peter Washington has actually preempted. Um, we may get a fair bit of snow, and being the um, amazing man that he is in organisational skills, does not hold the event up. He's actually made sure that there's a snow plough on hand to grade the road for so us. So no studded tyres then? No, unfortunately in Australia we're not allowed to run studded tyres, but to be honest, we're not going to get cold enough conditions like we do, let's say, in Monte Carlo, as I was you know, like referring this event to, where you get an ice layer build-up, or say in Sweden. Um, you, you just, as soon as you hit cut through to the tarmac, you'd just be ripping studs out, and it's you know irrelevant. Looks cool when the tyres are sparking around. The oh tires, so god, doesn't it ever? Especially night stage, or like that really like twilight, you know, sort of like dim, and you get the mm. you know the the brakes glowing and the sparks coming off the tyres. Full racing. I'm not a rev head, am I? Yeah. Anyway, and so the yeah, and so the trade winds coming in from the uh, from the uh, east mm. through Fiji, producing the. The best water in the land. The Fiji water. What a marketing yeah, I live on the Fiji water. <laughs> it is a marketing thing, but I must admit it does taste nice and it's good for you. So there you go. Okay, very good. But I won't be drinking you. that next weekend because it'll be too cold. It'll be frozen. Mm. And yeah, uh, you will be cold, but I will be I will be cold, but not as cold as you because I've had to give up my seat in the warm Camaro mm. to Mick Pinder from ProDrive, who will be joining Bryant in the yes. 436 Camaro there to have a bit of a run up the hill. Yes, our other partner in crime at Radio Hot Lap. He, he's not much of a partner in crime. No, he's, he's not. He's either. actually a partner in crime, but he doesn't say much. He doesn't say much. We'll see if we can change Listeners. that next week. <laughs> 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 Listeners. <laughs> if you ever wonder who we're talking about, talk about Mark Bryant, who always refers to everyone as listeners. No, you see him I've on been the, educated you around. see him on the website. We might even think about updating the pictures on the website. It's probably due time we do. Eddie, stop looking at me. Yeah, do um, that. We should have a picture gallery. Yes, I've got to be down the or neck of the W, but you know, it could go pear-shaped. There's been a bit of 
of a kerfuffle this week with the, the V8 Utes. So basically, and I can't put it any clearer than this, viewers, they're not paying me properly and I'm about to pull the pin on the whole deal. Um, that doesn't mean I won't be going to the, the Utes. But I'll be uh, managing Cooper's team uh, and, and, and Jack Osgood um, independently and Marcus Akanovic, yeah. Action Racing. But uh, I might not be doing the Utes anymore because they're not paying me. Send money. This no. is how it works. Anyway. Motorsport seems to be a bit like that at the moment. No one's paying oh, anybody. Oh, that's just they're, they're complacent assholes. Oh, I tell you. But anyway, we still do it. We're fools because we still do it. No, but that's it. it. You see, they came in on the fact that they'll knife the baby. But Billy West and Craig Denyer, I hope you're listening. I won't knife the baby, but I will pull the side. And I've got nothing to do with it. It's your pin. Pay me properly. Anyway, let's move on. So we've Plenty done. Other things to do. So you'll be down at Wakefield. Yep. You'll be colder. Round See, I reckon you'll be colder than me. And also, um, the uh, second round of second round of the what is it this year? Konica Fujitsu Fujitsu V8 yeah. Supercar Series. And interestingly enough, just uh, yesterday I found out it is pretty unlucky. Uh, like Grant Denny's been he's been doing well. He, he's a, he's he's a good racer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Craig Craig's son. Yeah, he's done well with dancing. He's won Dancing with the Stars here in Australia. And and he's so looking forward to it. Had to pull out. Can't race the supercar down there. Um, uh, Luke Yulden will be stepping in for him simply because Channel 10 has some contractual obligation that they want him to fulfil or something new. Uh, this is Channel Seven. It. Yep, because he's uh, yeah because he does the sunrise. Yeah. Mm. And, stuff. and he can't make it there. You know, what have they got him doing that he can't? Well, is it? You know, it's a bit bizarre, really, because you'd think, well, hello, in the same week that they've said, well, we're going to take on supercars, and the bloke's just won the, the thing on Dance, Dancing with the Stars, mm. and he's doing a good job on his weather report, his contract, mm. mind you, runs out at the end of this year, um, that they've gone, well, like, you're you've got to be the closest face of supercars that this network has, and, he's and then we're telling you, can you go cars. off and do a gardening show? <laughs> He is no Jamie Jury. Do not even it would put be him a, in the same height as Jamie Jury. It would be different though. if it was a gardening no, show taller. on the outside. No, no, no. <laughs> Jamie's taller. No, I, I, I like Jamie. I know, Jamie's I know, I know. Higher. You've been hitting on him in your own little... Jamie? Yes. You, you like him because you don't know him and therefore it could work out for you. <laughs> <laughs> you mean go at me. You're always having a go at me. What do you reckon, viewers? Is he having a go at me? He's always having a... having a go at me. Joey, you're going overseas for a bit of a very interesting uh, a wander around, and I happened to see the movie the other day on the way back from Singapore, Kokoda. Yeah, following in Koshi's footsteps. Um, that's another that's another Channel 7 is yeah. oh see we don't oh, like coffee. 10 anymore supercars we're in the door we have a new competition nothing like working it before I'm going to do all my close friends at Channel 7 um, <laughs> yeah going to Kokoda doing the trek looking forward to it very much a couple of mates of mine and I have decided just to stop talking about it and actually go and do it um, doing it in 6 days rather than 10 which Koshi and his uh, overweight political mates took to do it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll oh, we were working there for a minute. Yeah, yeah he's got a, definitely a better figure than those boys. We'll um, we'll tell you all about it. Uh, Ju- July five, I head over and back on July sixteen after five days deep sea fishing uh, after the trek, which will be a lot of fun. Geez, a tough life. So it should be uh, should be a big adventure, which I'm looking forward to. Well, actually, um, on the basis that I'm actually going to Darwin on the twenty fourth mm. of. Uh, of June mm. with uh, Rowan uh, for a couple of days, a bit of a mess around there for the supercar round yeah. uh, and the Utes. 
Um, I, mean, I just think an aura in the tropical area. I might just do a little of a hop over and join you. Mate, flick over to PNG. We'll go and we'll catch some fish and we'll eat some beetle nut. And and we'll I'll, 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 oh, beetle nut. And I already have a couple of leeches earlier in the week you know, <laughs> at, at the racing, so yes, I'll, I'll be up to speed. Catch some malaria, get some dysentery, oh. it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. lovely. Listen, I want, I'm sure sort of you'd like to know. What makes you decide... You know, like there's so many interesting things that you can do nowadays with travel. There's no real no limit. Why Kokoda? Yeah, yeah that's right. Why? It's, it's the Anzac spirit. It's um. It's so, so were you drunk on Anzac <laughs> Day and you guys were all sat around going, right, let's go do Oh, Kokoda. what can we do that will give us a bit of profile? Yes, I drive a desk all day, not like you who sits in the seat of a very fast sort of race car on dirt, sort of six inches from trees, etc. That's I, not having a go or anything. I drive the end product of a tree, <laughs> a, a desk. It's all relevant. Which is slow and not very interesting. So I thought, bugger it, I'll go and give myself a bit of a challenge and walk up some mountains. And I think you're being a bit yeah. tough on yourself, mate. Yeah. You are in business for yourself and that is a challenge in its own right. Exactly. We, we seek challenges in various areas of our lives. So this we is do. one of those. So viewers, if you... Uh, if you're interested, I'll give you a full wrap-up next time I'm on the show. And mm. um, um, at the moment, I'm quite excited. Is there a website that we can go and find out about the work? Where do you find out about the Kokoda? Oh, uh, mate, there's we? plenty of stuff on Kokoda. The, the, the only unfortunate thing is these days it's actually becoming a little bit commercialised and um, there's actually probably too many operators trying to get people up there, um, people with similar motivations such as myself who have got a bit of time and have the kind to spend to actually go and do it. Uh, and there's problems with pollution and rubbish and money and corruption and all that stuff. Uh, at the moment, you're looking at about five grand just for the trek, plus flights, plus porters, plus bits and pieces on the side. So um, there's some money to be made out of these guys. What about if you bring your own bandages and sticks? Uh, what if you carry your own bags as well? We're carrying our own bags. You just said you had to pay porters. We've got to pay porters to carry the food. So we're only half tough. So is there a portable air conditioner? Okay. Well, we, we, we tried to find out if there was a porter available to carry the schooners, but apparently... Oh, <laughs> how are you going to be without the Tamar River? Pino you know, Grizzly. Where are you going to be up there without the red for a week? We, we, we have it on very good authority that the last thing you want is anything alcoholic for the time that you're on the track. Is it really quite, about, it's yeah. very humid. Apparently it's, it's very challenging, it rains a lot, it's humid, it's hot, uh, and actually at the time we're doing it... <laughs> and you'd be going, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I could just throw <laughs> the money out much the, easier the at the casino. I, I, I could be back at Castle Cove drinking Tamar Ridge, eating roast chicken and patting the dog rather than sort of climbing my way up a mountain. Wouldn't be, it was exciting though. Uh, yeah. To be fair, I think it's a very uh, interesting concept what you're doing there. Uh, and, and it'll give you great, great appreciation for mm. really the, what, what's going on in the world. I think that, you know, we were flying back the other day from Frankfurt and I looked at Jack and I said, you know, it, it's just really hard to realise you know, what's going on underneath us? And here we are, like, having fillet steak and, and nice reds, you mm. know, like, uh, and, and a lie down bed, like, you know, five, ten miles up. It's, there's a big disconnect, isn't there, in the world? You just... You're just flying over it or... I think after now, um, country, I mean Australia, we are very lucky. We are very lucky. Everybody wants to come back here. Mm. Don't let them in! Everybody, <laughs> I've had a lot of marriage Don't offers in the crowded. last week or so. <laughs> yeah, that's only for the um, residency, mate. Oh, of else. course I realise that. You bitch. That wasn't from a bloke oh. with a black sausage, was it? I'm just getting back at you for two days of having a go at me. <laughs> Have I? 
You like have. It. For the last 48 hours, you have just non-stop bagged Linda. Oh, well. It's alright. It's bagged Linda. Uh, the problem with Linda. Linda. The problem with Linda is we're old friends. Yeah, and that's why he just bags me more. <laughs> anyway, so what else is happening in the world of motorsport? We actually have um, bikes uh, on. Actually, I can tell you that this weekend in Monaco is the uh, biannual uh, classic Formula One race, and the JWA team that were looking after us last weekend at Spa were going down there this weekend to run some very old Formula One cars around there, and every two years they have it, and then it goes rolls straight into the, 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 the traditional race, which is next weekend. Oh, perfect. Fantastic. That's I would have loved to have gone. I looked at Jackson, since we should have had all day. He was, yeah. Any 1,200 horsepower, 1.5 litre turbocharged pocket rocket. Mm. I don't think they go back. I don't think they're quite that that uh, that, that modern. And that reminds me of a uh, of a story I just recently read on Autosport.com, an excellent website where for the small uh, fee of um, about eight dollars a month, you have access to so much amount of data and analy analytical tools. It really is brilliant. Go and have a look at that at Autosport.com. Um, and uh, read the story about uh, how um, uh, Salisa Salazar, Elysio Salazar came together with Nelson Piquet at the 1982 German Grand Prix. No, German, Italian Grand Prix. I don't know what oh, it was. Oh, really? Remember there was the big punch-up? Oh, well, yeah. You know, you know, the funny thing about it was mm. that he's an Argentinian and he had actually gone to Europe to, you know, with, with no money in his pocket, no idea about how where, where anything was, and he went to... Silverstone or Brands, I don't remember what was in the story, but he went to the racetrack there and all the, all the guys were there racing and he had, I think he was, was starting to get into Formula 3, he just knew no one at all, no he knew no one at all, he wasn't racing, no one at all, and anyway it pissed down rain and he could, he, he didn't have a car, car, he had his bag and he's trying to walk, going, I'm going to go, heavily. I've got to go home, anyway out of the blue a bloke stopped in a uh, Alfa Romeo, picked him up, it was Nelson Piquet. And Nelson Piquet had picked up, he was over in the Formula 3 pits, not in the Formula 1 pits, because he was a full, like, fully-fledged, like, uh, uh, B driver, having won the World champion, from, Championship from the year before, and picked, picked Elysio Salazar up, and, and within a short period of time, Elysio Salazar was, was off racing with him. And they knew each other, they were very, very, you know, well-known individuals, and they actually were friends. So... For him to end up like running into him at that that corner there up. and having a bit of a punch up, it was um, it was a very odd occurrence, very very strange. And it was a story just told recently as Elysio Salazar competes in the Grand Prix Masters, which Murray Walker is now uh, now uh, calling. And ironically, that Nelson Piquet had poo pooed, saying that anybody who was doing it was doing it because they didn't have any money and they didn't know how to run a business. Well, we pointed out once before, Nelson, who was incidentally my hero. In um, in Formula One, and is on my on my profile as a kid. Nelson Piquet was my boyhood hero. Was it you and I that went back in '86 yeah. and we went to the golf day prior to the Grand Prix, and we were. I think so. And uh, well, we are remember that because I was someone was I was with someone else determined to follow Nelson Piquet the whole time. Uh, I've lost I've lost what I was saying. <laughs> She's done it to me. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, there you go. That was interesting. Uh, Grand Prix Masters and Murray Walker's calling. Yes, that's right. Lizio and Derek Walker. Uh, not Derek. Yeah, Derek Walker is was part of Triple Eight Race Engineering. Uh, so he is quite a successful businessman. We've already pointed that out before. Is Murray Walker calling those races? Yes, he is. Oh, God love him. Can you get off my notes? No, I'm not on your notes. I'm eating the chicken. Linda, mm. you're on.
you've got a bit to talk about about the um, new thingo that you want. Oh yes. You've got a new thingo that you want. Oh, it's not shoes, viewers. No, I got those. I got new shoes yesterday. Yeah, well, that's funny how you're bleeding when we didn't have any money on Friday. No, but no, no. Well, these ones were really reasonable and they're on sale. And the other thing, too, is they're like snow boots, but they're not sporty, like snowball boots, but they're not board boots. You actually walk in them. And they're going to keep me dry and warm next weekend in the snow. Because everybody knows, once your feet are wet and cold, that's it. You get cold and wet in the snow. And it's uncomfortable and you can't get dry, so I'm keeping warm. Oh, no, you get cold, but you do want to get wet. Yeah. Okay, moving on. As long as it's hot and wet. Apple <laughs> has... <laughs> well, I don't know when this happened. It actually happened last week, I think. Apple it finally released the new MacBook. Yay! Which Linda's very excited about because hopefully Radio Hot Lap supplying Linda with a new black one very shortly. Is that um, back to black sausage again? Back to black. We're always going back to hot black. Bit. I mean, I just no. have We're everything black. We're going to get the explicit will... tag from Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the new 13-inch MacBook, and my God, this thing is actually, it's got the new um, Intel processor chip in it, which means, John, doesn't that mean it's going to be five times faster than your big thing on your desk? Absolutely, for the applications which are considered to be called universal binary. That means they've been recompiled to take advantage of the processor instructions that the Intel dual-core chip has. That does not include Photoshop, Adobe applications, or any of the high-end creative tools that one would normally use, unless, of course, you're a video editor and you're using Final Cut Pro or Final Cut Express 3.5, which they happen to make universal binary this week, or any of Apple's bundled i-applications. For a person like you, it's absolutely perfect. The question you have to ask yourself, Linda, is, is black worth $200? I don't And we're not know. talking sausages. No. I know. Well, Apple have finally released... Can they? And 20 the gig, you get 20 gig of space. white or black. Only now the black one. Now this is the difference. If you go onto the Apple.com website, um, if you're in your own country, just go down the bottom of the um, main page and pick your own country. If and you want to get local pricing, other than that, doesn't matter. Price, but other than that, you can go just go straight Apple.com. Same, same, same. But it's interesting for the black one, which comes in the 13-inch, two gigahertz um, uh, Intel <laughs> Duo Core Duo processor. It's it's like $200 more, but you only get the 80 gig drive. You get 20 more gigabyte of space from 60 up to 80, from, and it's yeah, black. But it's black viewers. Okay. Matte black. It's actually not 200 John. It's $300 more. Ooh, down here in Australia, that's a bit of a roar. It are is a bit of a roar. Are they testing the market now, where they're going to pay it? I actually went on to the... Well, it's not going to be chip wrappers, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Matt's taking This is the Apple store prices, and of course, yeah. they'll deliver it. So <clears> this is another F. I mean, they will give you free shipping. There's an upside on that. But the thing is, I don't know. $300 extra for black. I mean, yes, it would match my accessories. I do like it better. It's not going to get as dirty. Um, but, I mean, if you've got an Apple, I, I kind of, I'm really umming and ahhing over this because if you have an Apple, most of your cables and everything are white. Are they not? Well, that could be so. But and considering the fact that it is eye, pretty much, know. it's it's everything's wireless, like it's Bluetooth and, and, and you know, There's 802.11G, what's the point? I know. But the thing is, is I sat there on the website last night and thought, okay, let's pretend I'm going to buy one because I'm not because Radio Hot Lab are going to give me one. Um, <laughs> I'm pushing that point. <laughs> By the time you, you change... I Yeah, I got a shirt. Two. Or she got shirty. No, well, I got that as well. Um... Let's just. I started just with the 13-inch white with the 1.83 gigahertz processor in it. Now, I upgraded the memory from the 512 meg to the 1 gig 
which John's shaking his head going, you don't Just need to. Just give her. the viewers the facts, okay? And, and then you've got the 60 gig drive now, which I upgraded to the well, 120. Well, you'd never want to buy the low end product. It's like getting a, a no, Toyota Corona and having the fuel injection removed and putting carbs on. By the time I played round with it and added the bits that I would have liked and upgraded to what I know, you know, will run quickly and wirelessly and, and travelling and everything else. It's still going to cost me around two and a half grand. Do you think the size is, in, the size is right for you? 13 I think the 13 inch is perfect for me. It's going to fit in my handbag. Then go um, to the black. And I, I think we seriously do this. We need to have a look and see what does it look like and find out what the reader reports are. Does the thing scratch? Because it's going to just drive me nuts if it's black and it scratches well, easy because everyone bitches and moaned about the nano it's scratching. And how's your new, Johnny, you just bought yourself a new 60 gigabyte just black iPod. got a brand new black video iPod, 60 gigabytes, been loading songs up frantically. Um, bit of video? Ha uh, I haven't done video yet. Uh, oh, I had a bit awesome of trouble with video. iTunes, but I've managed to work it out. Go on a oh. PC though, aren't you? Yeah, he's in a lot of Oh, look, yeah. I'm on a PC using iTunes and I don't have a problem. No, it's just I'm a bit slow, so I managed to get it after a while. But no, it's good and it's, um, as everyone's come to expect, excellent quality sound. Great mm. to have it all with you at the same time, not carrying around a bucket load of CDs. Fair mm. so of you, very, very. No, but the other thing too with the videos yeah. as I've got the same one that you have is go and get yourself the AV cable. Especially right. if you do a lot of travelling, which is what I do, and taking the AV cable with you with your video iPod. Yes, yeah, twenty nine ninety five, very useful. I put so many movies on my iPod and like I've got car videos, but I've just got normal movies, um, which I will then go somewhere instead of paying um, the you know, room charges to watch a movie, I just plug the A V cable into yeah, the yeah, T V yeah, and there I go and watch my own movie. Yeah. So I'll just pick, say, four How or five How do you charge minutes. the thing if you don't have a computer to charge it up? Um, just on the, it comes with the charger. It you comes just in, in the box. The in the box is the charger. Mm. And then you can get the World Adapter Kit, which I actually purchased, yeah, you get a little which is the best thing adapter that goes in unless you, you charge it. You get that. Adapter. I mean, look, there's so many uh, accessories you can get for your iPod. There's no excuse not being able to take it anywhere in the world. And watch and do and listen to anything. Anyway, wait and see what happens with that. Uh, Linda, As we're recording now. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm a bit, we're a bit light on a motorsport today, but we were oh, going to just, well, what is this going on? Come on, we got, what's going on here with the... Uh, MotoGP on this afternoon, oh. viewers, by the time you listen to this, the China round probably will have been run and won. China Twitter. Oh, France. China was last week. Sorry, okay. viewers, I'm one well, week behind. Well, China will have been run. Uh, well, we Grand Prix de Franck uh, this afternoon. Uh, Casey Stoner's in 11th, Christopher Mueller in 12th. We're at, we're at, we're at, you're getting it completely wrong. <laughs> we're at the, uh, at the circuit La Sarre, the Bugatti circuit. Elise Grand Prix de Franck, John. Yeah, it's, it's, the it's, France, it's the not Bugatti, Franck. Bu Bu Bugatti circuit. <laughs> Bugatti circuit. Oh, my God. Le Mans. Language yeah. is all it's coming all out. Avec un petit chien. What? Oh, my God. Anyway, there's MotoGP on tonight, viewers. Um, Do we know where uh, Casey Stone is? Casey Stone is in 11th. Chris Vermeulen in 12th. Um, hopefully, Casey will have an excellent run like he oh, did last week. Except for his very small week. off into the grass, which cost him probably one or two places. That was um, but no, he's doing very well. We're all we're all rooting for him. He's um, he's running a very good series thus far. Managed to keep it on the rubber side down, which is more than can be said for a lot of uh, wannabe MotoGP riders. No, he is. He's, he's doing very well. Uh, very good afternoon to Carlos Carlos Checker. Oh, there we go. Mate, uh, you'd be probably catching up with uh, later on the day with your uh, Eastern Suburbs real estate uh, tosser G-Up club, won't you, to be watching yeah. that? Yeah, definitely. How's that going? <laughs>
Oh, man. Please explain. <laughs> is it going? <laughs> oh, no. He used to be catching up with them all and doing a little bit of a... Right. This is we've, we've transitioned from Linda to the uh, piss-take Jowie time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I want to know what it's come back, come back to it. Oh, Jowie used to... Um, they have this, uh, well he was unavailable for a while, he had to catch up with his mates and they'd always, they were going to, was the real estate boom, was it? Oh, backslappers, yeah. Yeah, backslappers, yeah, oh yeah, backslappers. oh, you know, I find them. Yep, yep, give everyone a pat oh, on the back the and they just take over the world. Mm. Did actually any world taking over actually go on? No, or? we haven't yet conquered the world, no. The Carver Media Enterprise Group was not yet. Yeah. That'll be them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're ringing right Sorry, now. Yeah, that was a girl. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, the image on Jowie's phone is the picture of very high-rise buildings like the Grollo Tower. <laughs> it is too. That's uh-huh. right. We can hear the laugh with your mouth open, Linda. One, two. For the last me. bit of that chicken. Yeah, mm. so rude. Okay. We oh, also, yeah. what else do we have on this weekend? We have um, the Champ Cars on this weekend. Well, today, Monterey, Mexico. Mexico. With Ooh. world power. Bit of altitude our down Australian there. The cars boy. will be running a little bit slower. Mm, the Ford Cosworth XFV and the Aussie Vineyard sponsorship on that one. So, best of luck to Will. He, Will's actually doing well in the Champ Car series. He's actually leading the uh, Rookie of the Year in points. That's great, isn't so it? That is great, and, and like, and the standings outright of you know like drivers, he's actually ninth, which I think is a credit to him because it's not an easy discipline. It's a big there's learning curve. Uh, there's a fair few people in the uh, rookie field. There's seven oh. drivers, and in fact, number six is uh, Weber's old teammate Antonia Pizzonia. That's right. So uh, there's, there's no uh, no shortage of talent in that field there. No, there isn't. But it's just fabulous to see Australians, you know, in just about most disciplines of motorsport around the world. And not just, you know, at a club level or a state level, but national championships or international championships. You know, that's fabulous. Shows that we are good. John, did you end up taking your mum and dad out to dinner last night? Actually, I did, Linda. I went down and saw them and, jeez, it was, it, was, it was tough. It was tough work. Like, how long have you been in New South Wales for before you've actually seen your parents? Well, I got in, like, Wednesday morning. And what is it today? It's five th- days later? Yeah, Sunday, but it was and last night. And you spoke to them... Four days later. But I had a lot of work to get through, and also I was fairly jet lagged. And, and, and Dad was very busy with his bowls. Everything's revolving around bowls. <laughs> and it, it was tough. And we went out to a little place down um, in, in Manly, Pitwater Road, called Eatwell Chinese, which happens to be the home of the chef that was the main chef from the Peacock Gardens in Alexander Street. Matthew Chan. Matthew Chan. No. Exactly. And I went, oh, you're kidding. Is that where he ended up? Well, that's this with the shit because I looked at the menu and I thought it's got mustard prawns, it's got like soft egg and crab meat. Remember the soft egg and crab meat, and uh, and uh, then also there was the uh, crispy skin chicken and shallot sauce. Well, it was pretty damn good. You like that, don't you? You know what the song's called? What? I love that. Is that your phone ringing? That'll be Bronte on the phone. We'll be back in a minute. I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> Linda's phone rang. And you know the deal. We don't have the phone on. Um, um, but anyway, it was interesting. We've got a very interesting guest. We've got two interesting guests next week. Really, we haven't had them on the show before. And they're actually, uh, well, one of them's... A character. Been a fast guy to go a long way around Australia. And uh, around the world. And around the world, yes. And uh, knows a bit about Parry Dakar and stuff like yes, that. Yes, he does. And uh, all sorts of stuff like that, but not just limited to rallying, a, ra- a rally raid. Well, it's rally raid, it's That's not rally, right. so it's a very different discipline we haven't really touched on. And the other guy, uh, we can't say who he is, but he 
Mystery guest. Mystery guest that uh, knows a lot about motorsport and uh, runs a very successful forum in Australia and other parts of the world. So he'll be on the show too. They will be revealed in the next episode, viewers. Viewers, I've got the technical tip of the year for you. Don't you hate your telco? Love to have data services on your phone, but just can't afford it. It's costing you a fortune. Well, fear not. Because Sonny Ericsson are coming up with the new P990. Now you might say, well, what's the difference? Okay, yeah, you've seen the P900s, the P9800, the 901. No, 990. There's always a little bit more to come. There wasn't enough room for the extra digit. (laughs) And uh, it's a great phone. Touchscreen, all that sort of stuff. Plays video, MP3s, da da da. But what's clever about it, viewers, is that it's a Wi-Fi phone, which means that if you happen to walk into a Wi-Fi hotspot, it'll automatically configure itself and you'll be able to get access to internet services. Well, you might say, well, why is that good? Well, it's good because, of course, you can get your mail and surf the internet. Okay, it's only a small screen. But, viewers, Skype works on the phone, which means you don't have to pay for your phone calls Mm. through the traditional Telstra, Telco, oh, did I mean that? (laughs) Networks. How good will that be? Available in August. Oh, thank God for that. The phone bill's finally going down. Ten euros we put on the phone in Spa, and mm. we spent like three or four hours on the phone internationally. Amazing on Skype. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It was unbelievable. Amazing. I am now go- going to be using all my phone calls through Skype. The, only, the downside is that I haven't worked out how people know that you're ringing from a Skype identity. Well, we'll, we'll test it. We'll test it. We'll test it. We'll, and we'll, back to you. And we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. But yeah, I'd like to learn more about Skype, as I'm sure a lot of other people would. And once we get the lowdown on it and I work it out, then I'll talk to you about it in layman's terms. Is that not correct? What are we talking about? Are we going to go from internet telephony to <laughs> talking about walking dogs, Johnny? Sausage dogs. Sausage oh, dogs. no. Haven't talked about my babies, but we don't need to because don't need to know about mine. That's right. They're just growing bigger every day. Well, that's it from me. And that's it from me. That's it from me. I mean, yeah, we've got an interesting another four or five weeks of motorsport coming up. So we would love to have some more emails. Another glass of Tamar River. Yes. Don't mind if I do. And if anybody has any exciting wines that they know about there that we can get in Australia, let us know. It's not Tamar. It's, it's Tamar. <laughs> See you, viewers. Bye. Bye.